Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. with us and let's just win every day every single day right now is important as we're starting to formulate you know the staff as we're starting to look at the roster and the free agency and and the, and the draft and all those things like what does a win look like today um and as we as we take these steps throughout this off season in the spring um and start to become us you know that it's just this daily commitment a daily commitment to pursuing excellence to building a champion and we're looking for championship days that's a it's kind of the language that we've been using around here is wow that felt like a win today you know and and quantifying those things just based on the phases of, of football that we're in right now so um just talking to all across the carolinas all and across the country all of our panthers fan bases let's take this one day at a time and let's look for championship moments one day at a time baby that's dave canalis joining uh, us on the mac and bone show a couple of weeks back that is the way he wants to do it this offseason to get ready for the season. Every day, let's have a winning moment. And that got me pumped up to live my life, man. I want to win today badly. Coach Canals got me fired up. Yeah, I'm going to get that teeter sub boat. <laughs> Relax a little bit at the house. Watch uh, the traders. I'm going to win today when I get home this afternoon. I, I need a Dave Canales self-help tape when I drive into the <laughs> studio every day. You are wonderful. You are great. Mac is loud, but you are special, too. <laughs> Mac hogs up 80% of the airtime, but your 20% is great. Have a great day. Don't punch Mac. Here's the thing about Coach Canales. I don't like synonyms. All of his. Oh, <laughs> that was an odd one, too. I, we, we need to follow up at some point. Remember, I thought he said I like cinnamon. I was like, oh, that's an interesting take. <laughs> what have synonyms done to you in your life, Dave? We need to ask that question at some point. But Dave Canales' idealistic, positive comments are going to go one way or the other. If he succeeds, my Lord, he's going to be the Stuart Smalley of Charlotte, North Carolina. He's going to be the guy. You're good enough. You're smart enough. He's going to pump us all up, right? Morning. If this doesn't work out, <laughs> people are going to tell him where he can stick those, yeah. those nice little if, sayings. If he wins, Boo this man. If he wins games, I'll be driving around and a possible driver may make me mad and i'll think to myself no calm down what would dave do <laughs> but if they lose games i might go canalis i've had enough of you today i'm gonna cut thing. that guy off now your personality your things that are unique to you are if you win are great and embraced and beloved by the fans but if not they will be mocked and he'll be detested by the fans no pressure though dave no like pressure. Matt, for example foxy's cliches weren't as annoying until the end when he kept using them when they, they were horrible yeah. when they were good or mediocre and eh, they're annoying but yeah. they got really bad towards the end when it's like all right enough it's hey, my first barbecue shut up yeah. all right we don't hear it we by, heard, by the way we heard it is what it is two million yes, times coach yes. it's time to go yeah. i all think right? you should use his last name bony because what would dave do could also mean and what would Dave Tepper do? And we all know what he would do. Watch out, the drink! Oh, Lord. Oh, Lordy. Oh, Lordy. All right. Let's do this, man. Uh, Bone, you actually brought this, this conversation topic up, and I think it's an interesting one. It's a hard one to answer to, which makes it a good question. And, and, and I definitely want, if you could safely text us, 
All right, 704-570-9610. I would love to hear what Panther fans' answers to this question are. Bone, you were talking about players that the pressure is on this year to deliver and to have a big year. And you talked me through three guys and basically said, what what do they have in common? They're all the last three first-round picks. And it's it's a connection that, you know, I, I would have thought of. It's a great point. Pressure is on Bryce, obviously, right, to redeem himself yep. and, and prove he's worth where he was taken. Pressure is on Icky to, first of all, if he gets a shot at left tackle, to prove he can play that spot. But even if they move him to guard to prove that, you know, you can start in this league. You know, there's pressure. And then J.C. Horn. It feels like he's a very good player when he plays, but the pressure is on him, Bone, to show that he can keep playing, much like it is LaMelo on the Hornets' side. So you were asking this question. It's hard to freaking answer. Of those three guys, which player do fans have the most faith in? Like, hey, I know they all have their issues after being first-round picks, whether it's health, whether it's performance, but I I believe they're gonna. it's going to get sorted out. And they're going to be good players for the Panthers for a long period of time. Who, who's your answer to the question, Bo? The one you believe in the most? It's between one or two guys. And this is a different one for me because I'm such a J.C. Horn defender. And it's not really based off talent. But, Matt, I can't put full faith right now in J.C. Horn until I see him healthy for long stretches. It's not a this talent versus that talent. When he's out there, I trust him. But I don't trust the body right now in full of J.C. Horn. So J.C.'s third on my list, Mac, until I know that he's going to play the duration of a season. He's going to play for a long time. I love J.C. He's a Gamecock. I'm always going to support J.C. But for this discussion right now, we, we've got to see him healthy, man. We know that he can be dominant. But at some point, man, you got to be out there and show your dominance. So I've got J.C. third. I've still got faith in Icky that he can be a high-level player, whether it's a tackle or a guard. It might be guard. I don't know where it's going to be, but I still have faith in Nicky because he's out there. He's playing, and I, I put Bryce Young number one on this list. I still got faith that that dude is going to figure it out. Can I also figure it out? I go Bryce Young one, Icky two, J.C. Horn third on my faith ranking. I just want to say this about Icky, and I'm not trying. I'm not mean spirited about this. Okay, the kid's from Charlotte, man. He's a great dude. You can tell, right? You can just tell he's got a great personality. The thing with Icky is, if they move him to guard, and maybe that's the best decision. And we'll see what the new coaching staff does, we'll see what Coach Gibson does, the new O-line coach. Um, and maybe it ends up being the best decision, although then you got to get a left tackle unless you just slide Brady Christensen out there. But if Iki Aquanu ends up being a good guard, like a really good guard, you took him number six overall. Yeah. You don't really take really good guards at number six overall, right? It's still, to me, a disappointment. You took him to be the franchise left tackle for the next decade plus. So I just want to say that, like, if that's the best way to get something out of them, great. But let's not get it twisted in terms of what that draft pick was meant to be. Scott Fitterer, um, I'm torn between Bryce and Horn because Horn is the guy whose skills I, I believe the most in. It's not even close. Yeah. J.C. Horn, to me, is a Pro Bowl no, caliber no, corner he, he in is. this league talent-wise. So, but but then you have the injury situation. The thing that got me bone is even when he came back, he got banged up there <laughs> towards the end of the season. Like he couldn't even finish the season that short little stretch at month or whatever he's back for without then. Oh, here we are. We're worried about JC with injury again. It's just I don't know, man. I defended him for the first couple of years. It's hard to keep defending him and turning a blind eye. 
You know, just like with LaMelo, I kind of downplayed it originally. And then the more you see injuries, the more you just – it's hard to ignore. He I think, played three games – well, two in a in a quarter year one, six games last year. Yeah. So in two years, the first and last year, he's played about nine games. Yeah. About that. I, I think – And then he got hurt in, in, uh, multiple times in the in the year that he did play more games. This texter says at some point Horn has to stay healthy, right? Yeah, man. I would hope – you would think this is just bad luck. But then you see players, it defies any. The thing that, that killed me, Bone, is there was no link between his injuries. He's had a lot of broken bones, which feels like bad luck. But we've sometimes there's just players that, ever, that just it's almost like they're cursed. So I'm starting to worry about that, and I don't know. I just It, it kills me because I believe so much in J.C. Horn, and I still think he has the talent to be better than Patrick Sertan. People are going to say I'm crazy. I still think he has the talent, but I don't know if we'll ever see it. There's a Lamelo element to it, isn't oh, there? Oh, big time, big time. Where it's yeah. like they're out there, you don't really, you know, there's still growth to their game to be had, but you, get out, you know how talented they are. There's never a, a question about their talent when they're out there. It's just you, you watch them and you go, every time there's a – Drive to the hoop with Melo. You go, oh, is he? And they, oh, he's limping, he's limping. Oh, he's fine. You get worried about it. J.C. Horn, every time he gets up slow, you go, oh, no. Because you're just worried, like, how many games might this be now? Uh, so I think I'm going to say Bryce. That's a long way of saying I think I'm going to say Bryce. Of the last three, and if you're just joining us, I should reset this. Bone asked a great question off the air. we got to bring it to y'all on the air. Bone pointed out the last three number one picks, could be a reason why Scott Fitter is not here, all have something to prove. They all have pressure on them. Bryce, Icky, and J.C. Horn for different reasons. Which player do you believe the most in? And I think I'm saying Bryce. Now, here's the thing, though, Bone. If they don't put the right cast around Bryce, he's not going to Mahomey it, right? He's not going to like, you can take this away, take that away from me, and I'm still going to find a way to do it. He's still a player that I think is fairly dependent, as I believe most quarterbacks are, on what he has around him. So you got to put a cast around him. But I still believe in his skills, man. I'm not giving up on him after one year. And I still believe that the front office does their part and gives him the right supporting cast. I think you saw flashes during the season. Not enough, but you saw some flashes. I think he'll get his confidence back. I think he'll get his comfort in the pocket back and get his footwork back because of it. I'm going to go Bryce. It kills me to not pick Horn. But the injuries have me a little spooked. So I think we both kind of saw it the same way. Texters are all over the place on this, though, Mac, which this, is interesting. This topic also tells you that the Scott Fitterer, Scott Fitterer story is still not written yet completely. Because, you know, if, if any of these guys, if, you know, two or three of these guys, Mac, don't pan out or all three, whatever happens, or they all hit eventually. Horn stays healthy. Bryce becomes that dude. Yeah, and, like, that's Scott, possible, too. Scott, Scott Fitter, Matt, could go get another job eventually because they're going to go, look at those three first-rounders that he hit on all consecutively. Or they could go, oh, man, it wasn't just the middle rounds. Fitterer struggled in the first rounds as well. The Fitterer story's not done here. Interesting to see how this plays out with these three firsts. Uh, by the this way, this year's first rounder, I don't think you, will be a problem. You see who's <laughs> no pressure on this year's first rounder, man. Do you see who is upset by this segment? Bone called it predictable. I'm going to close my eyes. Is he from Rock Hill? Yes, he is. Is his name Beat Beat? Although no, give him, some, give him some credit. He's from Rock Thrill, Bone. I get it straight. Yeah, Bebop, what, a, what a thrill he's this there. This segment is so predictable. Who is your answer, Bebop? Don't just sit there and whine that you don't like our answer. Which guy do you have the most faith in? I like if I bail on Bryce Bone. Like, is that what these folks want? 
They want me to be wishy-washy. I've been so many years. Y'all played that flipper sound effect for me. Here goes Mac. Changes a bit. So I try to stay strong, even though it was a rough year for Bryce. And you got people mad at me. Like, listen, if you don't believe in him, say that. Tell me you believe in one of these other two guys more. But like, do you expect two guys on the radio that back Bryce Young and wanted him picked just to bail on him? Like, I, then, then we'd be ripped for being for waffling and well, being flip flops. The, the text line's in a wood chipper right now because they complain about Bryce, <laughs> they complain about Horn's injuries, and they complain that Icky's not a left tackle. Have the, so they don't know. They, right now, they they are in that mental wood chipper. They don't know what to do. They'll be back later on during. The it time. is funny. Some of them don't have any answers. Some of them are just complaining about guys, but they or, haven't answered the question. Who do you have the most faith in? Is it some Bryce haters that realize? Oh, for this question. It might be Bryce. <laughs> Let's see here. Bryce will not get another year if the Panthers are picking top five next year. I think it depends how it plays out. Like if if it is if he gets good pass protection and stinks, that's one thing. But if they still have failed to put pieces around him, I mean, again, you you gave up so much to get him. I know it's the dream of so many of you to just move on to the next quarterback. Like it's so easy to find them. Right. And and like like you just want to throw away all the picks and everything we gave up to get them. But the organization should not be in a hurry bone to move on and just declare that a ginormous loss. They really need to do all they can. And Dan Orlovsky said it. And I'm I know, not ready to talk Shador Sanders and Carson Beckett. <laughs> oh, these cats are killing me, man. Killing me with their suggestions for quarterbacks over the next two, two years. But anyway, you... You can't give up all of that without making sure. Last year was that you couldn't evaluate him last year, but many of you have already evaluated him, and I don't know how. You've got much better evaluators than all of us that have said the statement, Bone, you can't evaluate Bryce Young in these conditions. Dan Orlovsky said, Bone, I'm not even worried about him in year two. Year three, when they have two more off seasons to fix all the holes around them, that's when I will judge him. So who am I going to listen to, Dan Orlovsky or some Bryce hater out there just texting the show because they want their butt hurt because they didn't want Bryce or because Bryce is small or whatever. Uh, Mac Bebop has answered her question. He's got faith in none of them. They'll all be out of the league soon. Can I? Can we also point out again, <laughs> Bebop is the guy that told us last week he doesn't really watch the games. He reads That's the true. News, he reads the newspaper. Yeah, if they're out of the league, it'll take you till the next morning to find out that they're actually not around. Anymore. <laughs> that, that, that is true. What is all he read? All he all he does is listen to us and read the Rock Hill Herald. Yeah, he doesn't. That's, he all, says that's all he, he does. Stopped, he stopped watching How games. How old in is this guy? Like forty six. He's forty six. <laughs> he, he stopped watching games in full in twenty fifteen. But he texts a radio show every day about sports. This texture says, figure it out. I don't know. Two of those three guys are still rule picks and not Scott's. So maybe uh, it gets ruled back to the NFL. Yeah, I don't know. We're told, you know, we, we're told that that rule had final say. But yet Matt Rule wanted to tell us he didn't even have enough say to get a guy on the board. That whole stupid Brock Purdy story. I know his nose was growing right there on video bone as we watched that damn like, story. Uh, like your boy Pinocchio. <laughs> yes. yes, you got it, baby. This seven is Pinocchio. <laughs> no, that doesn't really work. No, no. This seven is sponsored by Unbound.org. A girl in Kenya dreams of becoming a doctor, an elder in Guatemala dreams of being part of a community. Reach out and change their world, and it will change your own. Unbound. Org. When we come back, we talk ACC. National media and bracketologists are down on the ACC. Are they full of the crap or not? Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. 
Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I think what has happened is I don't think the league has changed at all. I think it's just how we're viewed. When the RPI was in play, the last four years of the RPI, we had something like, uh, I don't remember. Oh, we had 31 bids in the last four years of the RPI. We had 59 wins, 67 winning percentage, far and away more than anybody in college basketball. Okay? Big 12 had 27. Big 10 had 25. Remember that number. Now we go to the net. Now we're down to 24 bids. Four years later, 31, you know, we had all these bids. Now we're down to 24. Big 12 about the same, but the Big 10's up to 36. But they're last in winning percentage in the tournament, and we're still number one. To me, it's just the lens that you look at the metric. I think the metric is flawed. I don't, I'm not, I think it's terrible. Um, it's not a good metric, but it's one we have to live with. And I think they just, I think when you create a narrative, all you do is look at numbers, and you don't watch basketball. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Mac and Bone with you. Uh, rolling along on a Friday. That's Steve Forbes joining Wes and Walker yesterday, explaining why he thinks the narratives out there nationally among the media and the bracketologists about the ACC are what they are. He blames it on the metrics. He was amazing in that interview yesterday. I happened to be listening he to always that. always Happened to be listening to Wesson Walker. I was driving around yesterday, and he was amazing. And this topic is a hot one, man. And you can see it on the text line. Uh, you can hear it on other shows here. I mean, ACC fans, a lot of folks think the ACC is being disrespected. I, the first thing I do want to say about this, Bone, is I agree with Coach Forbes. I think the net is such a flawed, lame metric. And uh, um, one of the things he was saying is something we've talked about this sh- on the show before um, and had other insiders tell us on the show before. The Big 12 has figured out the net. Uh-huh. The bit, And this is what's BS, all right? We can talk about whether or not the ACC is underrated and disrespected. But the one thing I'm going to say is the metric by which these teams are determined by the committee, the most important metric is this stupid-ass net. And I'm telling you, it's absurd that that uh, Big 12 schools have figured out, ironically, after all we've heard about playing a, a good non-conference schedule over the years by the committee, that now the way to game this metric is to play a crappy non-conference schedule and beat up on teams and blow them out, play a lot of quad four games, blow those teams out. And that then affects your net efficiency ranking, right? Like your points per possession go up, the points per possession allowed go down, and your net efficiency ranking grows. And that is a part of the net ranking. And these teams have figured it out. I was looking up, Bone, the amount of quad four games that teams in the ACC and the Big 12 have played. The ACC is not playing the net game right. They're not. 
It needs to be admitted. We can, you know, people can defend the ACC and say they're a victim of this narrative, but they also have to be smart and figure out, let's do what they're doing. They, the Big 12 knows how to play the net game. Boney, I'm looking at, at the uh, quad four games for opponents, uh, teams in the Big 12. You've got multiple teams, like five teams that have played eight or more quad one games or quad four games. Huh. In the ACC, you look at the bubble teams, you look at Clemson, you look at Virginia, you look at Wake, you even look at Carolina and Duke. They're all around five or six quad four games. It doesn't make sense that the best way to get in the NCAA tournament is to play a crappy non-conference schedule. But that's what this pathetic net thing makes you do. And, and I hate it that the Big 12's doing it and that the ACC's not doing it. The ACC has to try to play the net game, man. I think that's a big part of it. Here's the numbers that tells you what a fraud the Big 12 is. I'm on Bracketologist.com, which sort of compiles the averages for a lot of stuff that Bracketologists do. But the average net rating for teams in the Big 12 right now, Mac, is 46. And they're projected right around 10 teams right now. So the average net at 46. Second's the Big 10. The average net rating for teams in the Big 10 is 61. SEC's third at 67. The ACC's fourth at 76. And at time of this much parity in college basketball, where we can't figure out really when the brackets come out, what the hell is going to happen. It's, it's more wide open than ever. That the Big 12 Mac has an average net rating of 30 more than the ACC. And it's only that they're 15 more than the Big 10. They're 21 more than the SEC. I'm not saying there's not good teams in the Big 12. They are. But the fact that they're that far ahead in net rating compared to every other conference, that tells you something weird's going on and there, it's right? It's because teams like Cincinnati, Texas Tech, Oklahoma, um, BYU, uh, these teams, Bone, loaded up with crappy o non conference o games. Oklahoma. Yeah, I threw them in there. They, okay, they okay, blew okay, them and they blew them out. And 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 this is what And then they play each other because they get high net ratings. Well Steve Forbes said this. Steve Forbes says they get the high net rankings in the preseason when they're playing these bad teams and driving their efficiency rankings up because they're blowing them out. And then they start beating each other and they don't move. Because everybody's beating good teams according to the net. Ten Big Twelve teams are in the top forty in the net. Four ACC teams are in the top forty in the net. So to me, the biggest problem is this stupid metric. But again, if I was in ACC meetings, I would, I would say, we got to play this net game. As much as it sucks, because our schools traditionally play better non-conference, and this sucks for the fan, too, that the message is play crappy non-conference games. That sucks for the fans. Here's the thing, though. Is the committee so full of it, Bone? And they're so wishy-washy. Another thing Forbes said. Remember when the committee used to always talk about non-conference strength of schedule? Yeah. I believe they told Seth Greenberg that about six times. Well, look at your non-conference strength of schedule. Bone, now all of a sudden, you get you get a rewarded by the committee and the net for playing a bad non-conference. So here's the thing. The ACC could start to put an emphasis on finding ways to game the net, too. And then the committee would probably go back to, well, you don't play a tough enough non-conference. So it's just, I don't know. My problem is not with the national media narrative. It's, it's the net ranking and the fact the committee puts so much weight in this ranking is my biggest problem with this. Yeah, crap. and you don't want teams to play lesser opponents. You want to see, especially... In November, December, you want to see the big non-conference games. Mac, you want to see Duke in the Champions Classic. You want to see UNC uh, play in the CBS Sports Classic, or you know, or just random non-conference. You want to see. It's not good for the sport. You want to see to have the, this the way to you game. You want to see the SEC ACC yeah. challenge in those matchups, but then it's going to eventually, you know, 
hurt them a little bit, but Duke wants to play in the Garden. They want to play these. They want these marquee matchups because for like Duke and UNC, for example, that's recruiting stuff as well when you're playing Kentucky, when you're playing in the Garden, when you're playing the Champions Classic. That that helps recruiting, so it's a catch-22. It's like, yeah, we can compile some wins and, and help the overall conference net here, but we've also got to worry about who we're playing those big-time matchups as well. Here. Yeah, People well, around college basketball complain that the sport doesn't really get going until like February when the first Duke-Carolina game starts. Well, then why don't you find a way to make it where you're not encouraging teams yeah, to play nobody? Yeah, that's that's a great point. It's not good for the sport to have your number one metric to determine if you get into the tournament to reward for crappy scheduling. It's a great point. And the Texas are making some great points, too. And we have to get into the whole thing of the ACC. Uh, I know Lenardi made some people mad with what he wrote um, about the ACC the other day. I know coaches are mad at the way talking heads around the country on TV talk about the ACC. So we'll get into that in a second, too. But people are making good points. Myron says, and this was a Forbes point, too. Myron says, um, uh, too many people truly do not watch enough basketball or know enough about the game to make the selections. And Steve Forbes brought that up. Steve Forbes says that's why they go to the metric. He says, you think these committee members are truly watching all these schools? So it's impossible. So they lean on a metric, and when the metric's effed up, then you get this kind of messed up kind of results from the committee. Here's a text back. This net ranking is going to make us leave the conference. Sincerely, Florida State. <laughs> Florida State oh, saying we, funny right we there, cannot yo. be part of something like this. Damn, Although that is you, funny. Florida State. Hey, no, I'm not. You know what though? Who's Duke play tomorrow, Mac? Florida State, right? Uh, I'm not saying the word. Uh, yeah, I'm you better not, watch I'm yourself not, over I'm there. Not, I'm not, I'm not Don't saying. bone curse I respect it. the Knowles. I, <laughs> I enjoy watching them play because I know it's going to happen here. I'm going to take a shot at Florida State. It's going to come back and bite me in the buttocks. Did you see? Yeah, you better. Why wow, you playing with fire? I'm, 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 I'm maturing here. Norman Raleigh is a state fan. He says, "Mac, you're right about BYU. Definitely played a crappy non-conference schedule. It included NC State, <laughs> and NC State was probably one of their best non-conference opponents that they played. They, they're, they're, they're cooking the books in a way because they know how to play this net game." But I will say this, though. The ACC last year, they did not perform well in the tournament, if you recall. Miami's the only one that advanced of any length. My, they, my, my team included got beat by Tennessee. Miami's the only one last year that had a run of anything in March Madness. So if we're going to sit here and complain, these teams that get in there, they got to make some runs. How's, how's, the big, how's the Big 12 doing in the tournament? Yeah, exactly. Like, how's, the, how's the Big 10 doing in the tournament? Oh, they're terrible. Can we rip the crap out of them mercilessly every year? I feel like we should. I, I, I'm not. I'm, I'm defending the ACC, but I'm saying, though, we have to remember last year the tournament, they didn't show out. They got to do it. This year. Well, but a lot still, of teams didn't. Though. But here's here's the thing. But, if, but I'm, I'm, answering, a lot of conferences. I'm answering guys on the text line that say when it gets to March, the ACC does well. But they, but, yes, they do, but not last year. Okay, but let's expand it out though if you look bone um if you look at the last three tournaments all the three post-covid tournaments the acc has the most final force most elite eight appearances second most sweet 16 second most wins first in wins over seed expectation there you go so you hmm. can't like don't act like the acc is not better than most in the tournament recently all i because they said are. was last year they did not do that though this year that there's not going to be still a put one in the final four i understand i'm saying the teams that get in this year it won't be a ton of them but the teams that get in advance do something don't have well, another bad listen, year this year listen um uh, all i'm saying where's this number i get last you look at the last you know you look at the last two years big 12 has had one final four team acc's had three you know, you look at the last two years, Big 12, two, uh, 
ACC three in the Elite Eight um, uh, two years ago and two in the Final Four. So I, I don't know. Like, but with that said, though, and maybe this is to get to the point in which you're you're trying to make. Like, I do think the people forget quickly what the ACC does has done in the tournament. But I will say this: Steve Forbes even admitted this. He says we've done well in the tournament. He had all the numbers right on that clip we played. But he also said each year is its own entity. And so, like, I do believe ACC fans, Bone, are getting a little sensitive about just how good the conference might be this year, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't I don't think this is a great year for the ACC. I, I you know, again, because of the stupid net, I understand why we're looking at four, maybe five conference teams. But I, I don't know if this is a banner year for the ACC. And it feels like ACC fans get mad when that's pointed out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I wasn't saying that they haven't had tournament runs. I, all I was simply saying was the people that point out the ACC goes on runs. I'm just using an example of last year. We can say that for a lot of years, but last year we really cannot. But they still had a team in the Final Four. They they did. I don't. I don't. You, know? yes. you, you had a Conference USA and Mountain West team that made the Final Four. So and a Big East team. So so where was the Big Twelve and the Big Ten? Yeah, those last power year? conferences. I mean, they didn't show up. But the Big Twelve, in fairness, had the previous two national champions. They did. Oh, yeah, yeah they so, did. So, I mean, it, it goes both ways. They did. But I, I'm just saying, like, again, it goes back to the whole thing of these other conferences that get glamorized. It's just it feels like a little too much. I'm not again. I'm not saying this year is a great year for the ACC. Carolina and Duke are, you know. Good, but not great at this point. Hopefully they can change that by the time we get to March. Virginia was looking good for a while, but got beat by Pitt. Pitt's a team I would like to see start to get talked about on the bubble, though. But, like, I don't think this is a deep year bone of tournament contenders. I understand it this year. I do. Yes. You know? Um, let's see here. Now, this... This I'm is, caught. In, I'm caught in a net ranking bubble. I can't get out of my net right now, man. My, <laughs> my computer's stuck on the net rankings. Get me out of here. Texture says I'm sensitive and want my Deeks an attorney for the first time since 2009. I don't blame you, man. They got to get a quad one win. But again, that goes back to quad one wins being so important. But they're measured by this stupid ass metric. I, I, like the you thing know? is, can there can there be some sort of eye test element? Like if you watch if you watch Wake Forest play, they could compete you, in a tournament. Yes, man. they're a tournament team. Look There's teams guards. I watch in the Big Twelve that are not better than them. Yeah, I don't care what fair. the net ranking tells me. I, I think Pitt could compete in a tournament. Hell, we yes. saw them make oh, a run. A couple, you know, we've seen them make a run the last two years. Um, now, what what do y'all think about this one? This texture says something very interesting about this whole ACC. He calls it ACC against the world. This texture says the way they talk about and disrespect the greatest basketball conference historically annoys the crap out of me. As a Carolina fan, I grew up on ACC basketball, and I have a pride about this, and this really bugs me. Do most Duke and Carolina fans out there listening, does it bother you what's said about the ACC? Or do you only care about your program? Because Duke and Carolina boner entities where, like, the conference doesn't really need respect for them to get respect, does it? No, not really. No, I mean, so like, like, how no. do you, how do you guys feel? Does it like, does it bother you? Are you like a conference? Do you have the conference pride, like Colin? Colin could come in, Bone. We could take off the next two and a half hours, go to Waffle House, and let, <laughs> let Colin d d have great points about the ACC. Is that an offer? If Colin wants to come in, if the ACC being disrespected, he would go off for two and a half hours. It means something to him growing up watching ACC basketball. Does it mean something to you guys, or does it not mean that much? Nah, not that much, because that would involve rooting for other teams in the conference, would it not? 
wouldn't you end up rooting for if you want the conversation? Like if it does well, that's fine. It doesn't hurt. But Flounder, wouldn't that involve at times if like rooting for teams within the conference? Rooting against your own like, team. Like when it comes to March Madness, as a Duke fan, am I sitting there with conference pride for UNC to advance and vice versa no. for Flounder? No. Hell so, no. No. Like, yeah. It, if they do well, that's great. But I'm not sitting there rooting for teams I don't like in the conference to do well because it makes the conference look better. Yeah. I, care, I care about one team. I mean, yeah, there'll be there'll be times like if Wake goes on a run, yeah, I'll be like, yeah, let's let's get to, let's let them advance. But right. no, it doesn't, there's teams in the conference I just simply won't root for. Like when Virginia was losing to Maryland, Baltimore County, was I sitting there going, well, this would be really bad for the conference? No, I wanted the. But to you on Selection Sunday, if the ACC ends up with like four teams, are you pissed about it? No, like no. if Wake or Pitt doesn't go, I'm I'm looking at Duke's draw and what their what their run is going to be like. See, and 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 I don't know. Like I'm such a tobacco road. Like, I, what's the word for it? Like I don't know. I'm I'm so worried about everybody on Tobacco Road. Like Hussy. I, I <laughs> no, sorry. Tobacco Road. Yeah, that kind of works. That kind of works. I mean, I've called uh, you a Tobacco Road. Um, tobacco Ho. People well, used to call I, I, you. I tried to. <laughs> I tried to use a different term than that, but yeah. Uh, but um, I, yeah, I was trying not to use it, but then I went ahead and used it anyway. But um, <laughs> I so I'm really all about the local teams, like the ones I know have listeners. Like or that we have listeners at root for, because that's what I want. I want as many of y'all as possible to be interested in March Madness. So, Flound, do you? Does it make you mad, the ACC thing, or do you? Are you all about the heels? I mean, it not really. The thing that I wouldn't say it makes me mad. It makes me concerned if this continues because that just can that that pushes you towards breaking the conference up. At some point, that's the concerning part, right? Because I like, especially you see it in basketball. Like, I know it's not the same, but this is still a pretty great basketball. Like, it's an entertaining conference to watch. I like seeing Carolina play these teams. Like, to me, I mean, do I really want to see Carolina, Wisconsin, Carolina, Purdue, Carolina, USC for conference games oh heck no not really heck so no. like yeah from that perspective that you don't want to yeah. leave it yeah you don't want to leave but, it but you're not dying no, I'm about, not pulling for about the number of bids conference. and all that someone stuff. says bone the better the conference perceived let's say duke goes and wins the conference championship they'll get a higher seed line well yeah well yeah I see, well hold I on guess. though i've seen i've seen duke lose with high seed lines before duke won the acc tournament last year they, they won the championship of the acc tournament and they didn't get past the second round. So every year's different. Like some years it might matter, but I don't know. I don't really I don't really look at it that way. I yeah. I mean Duke and Carolina can kind of stand on their own though, right? I mean, they're not getting disrespected well, to a often. certain extent. I mean, you guys did have the conversation when I forget when it was. You guys brought up is the is the conference it was during the win streak. Is the conference really testing them enough? And that's the mindset that some in that committee room would probably take and say, hey put them on the two line, even though they had a great conference season. Yeah. Yeah. No, I hear what so. you're saying. All right. Um, we told Floundy have an update bone, but we talked too long. I think. Finder, give your name, uh, in a, uh, just give your name, Finder, real quick. <laughs> okay. Anthony Pagnotta. We're just now going to update Flounder's on a personal level. <laughs> just here. wanted to let you know who was over there. Oh, the update forgot. is that bone is progressing with his drivers over here. He has lost a few big names, but not many. He's yeah, lost for those some... that are uh, new to the program, I am picking my favorite now. NASCAR driver for the year out of a hat. There were 43 options, 40 drivers, and there was a text lines choice, which is out. 
Matt's choice still alive and Flounder's choice out. But I've lost the what the biggest names are no Kyle Bush, no Chase Elliott, and no Ross Chastain. They've been uh they're out of the mix here. I would have this loved- is really this is really exciting. Myself and Flounder today. I do. Hey, I want to know at the end. I haven't been as excited in the draws you do during every break as Flounder has. Flounder's but I want to know during breaks. End. I, you know, it would have been cool for you to be a watermelon man fan because oh, Ross, yes. Ross Chastain creates so much controversy. I would have loved for you to defend him when everybody out there is mad at him every week. Because like, that you, would be fun. You're going to scream at me despite me picking out of a hat. Oh yeah, I would take it so seriously. I would like if Chastain uh, wrecked a five car. I'm telling you, I'd be screaming and you'd have to explain. Like, if Matt, this is Denny Hamlin, you're going to just tear. Oh, yeah. And you're going to be. Despite me just picking out of a hat. <laughs> oh, I did. God, double dog dare you to end up what, picking 11 out of This is big, not just for me, but for the driver. This is sponsorship. <laughs> this is uh, merch together, appearances, interviews. Yeah, this big. is big for the driver, big right? Big news they later today. It, Daytona is shook right now by this news. <laughs> this segment is sponsored by Compassion International. Drought, war, and rising food prices have devastated families in poverty. $50 provides a food kit to feed a family for a month. Just text the word radio to 976 976- Four, six. When we come back, big news. The NCAA football video game from EA Sports. The trailer's out. Who's fired up? And is it the best sports video game franchise ever? Sports Radio, 92.7 WFNZ. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm reading through some of these texts. Y'all were killing it with the texts about the ACC, the narratives, the formula for, you know, the net, which just seems ridiculous, but yet is benefiting the Big 12 and not the ACC. But the number one thing y'all texted on is this whole concept of does conference success matter to you? It seems like many of y'all are, are say, hey, in the NCAA tournament, I want the ACC teams to win. But my like direct rivals, no, thank you, sir. You know what I mean? So like a Carolina fan is, you know, is saying Duke and State I ain't pulling for, but everybody else is fine. Duke fans, I ain't rooting for Carolina, but everybody else. That seems, not everybody says that. Some of you say you don't give a damn about any of them. But that seems to be the most popular way. That makes sense to me, Bone. You know, to root for your conference, but not the rivals. This texter says we're not lame like SEC fans. We ain't doing no damn ACC chance. So stuff it with the conference pride. Yeah, Mac, I'm not. (laughs) Let me tell you this. I'm not rooting for a team that's doing chant of the con. Well, actually, hold on a minute. <laughs> you chant hold SEC, on. but you don't chant ACC, though. <laughs> this is where I get in trouble, man, because I'm a two-conference man. It's a confusing life you live, man. This double life that you live. It's very confusing. All right. Uh, Ryan Blaney, Bubba Wallace, they're out of the mix for my favorite driver. So some big names getting Ooh, off the board Those there. are good ones to root but, for, too. How about this, though? Max Choice. 
still an option on the table. Uh, right I'm going to choose the most hateable driver ever. <laughs> you're going to choose the, you're going to choose the guy that you hate. Yeah. So you can yell at me. Yeah. That's and by the way, the... you choose anybody that's a driver. It's not like you choose like who's left. Oh, you beautiful. choose anybody beautiful. you want. I'll be a Denny Hamlin fan so fast. All right. Let's talk about this college football video game because <laughs> this we might not be able to agree on drivers, but we can agree on. Uh, I feel like many of us can agree on this. The college football video game from EA Sports coming back this summer. They released the first trailer for it yesterday. I have never seen a video game trailer excite a bunch of grown men the way this did. So many guys, Bone, whether it's your age group, whether it's even into my age group. I saw Scott Van Pelt waxing poetic about this yesterday. So many of us have so many great memories playing the college football video game. And it was taken away for us for so long. Honest question, how many of y'all out there does this matter to a lot that you guys are cranked up about this video game coming back? Because I don't remember a sports video game, Bone, being this hyped. And I guess it makes sense, like Madden, uh, 2K, FIFA, those games, yeah, we get excited about them if we play them. But those games are there every year. They didn't get taken away this from you. This was taken away, yeah. and it's nostalgia for us now, right? Yeah, I think the, it was always fun. But when you take away something beloved like that for this long, the nostalgia is going to grow. So I, this is the one game that can get me back into video games. I hadn't played in a couple years back. But as the kids say, hand me the sticks. I'm back, baby, because of this game. You're back in? Yeah. See, that's my first opponent. I'm taking you out, Matt. I want Penn State. <laughs> oh, no. And I'll choose... One of my teams. <laughs> oh, yeah. You got you to gotta go back into the hat, put all your teams in a hat there to choose that as well. Um, <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to play a season with Penn State. I, I always love, back in the day, and, and feel free, y'all, we got to discuss this game, what it meant to us back in the day, what was so fun about it, how excited are y'all to have it back. 704-570-9610. Text in if you feel these sort of feelings towards uh, this video game. A uh, texter says he'll quit his job the week it comes out. <laughs> Apparently, Fiddy's already talking about bringing a system in. we got to do a, a WFNZ tournament. There's got to be a tournament now that we is, do here, man. Is Fiddy going to play with games and stuff? Is Fiddy going to play with his heels, his Wolverines, or his Tennessee Vols? That's right. He's also... definitely going with Michigan. How does he have all these football teams himself? Because he's a fraud. <laughs> But uh, hold on. What was I going to say about the nostalgia part of it? Oh, I always remember playing the video game Bone and running the option. Like oh, Tommy, yes. Tommy Frazier. Yeah. Um, I used to always, like whoever ran that option look, that triple option, I thought that was so much fun. And the thing I loved about the college football game compared to Madden is because teams ran different offenses. Madden, it felt like you're running the same plays regardless of what the team it is. But it just felt like unique styles of offenses, run and shoot. Every team's running, they're running, shoot back. So, like, that's what I remember is being able to play with different offenses. Like, how did y'all roll, Bone? When you I, played the game, like, how did you? I, I know love, a lot of people did dynasties, you know, year after I, year. I love the fact that you could basically make your own schedule. You could schedule yeah, whatever. That cool. was that was so you could you could load it up, Mac. Although in basketball, if you do that, it might affect your your net ranking in EA Sports <laughs> College Basketball 2025. No, I think it was uh. I like Madden, but for some reason, I always like this one better. It came out before Madden. This came out early July. Madden came out a month or so later. So this came out first. This, this was like the sign in July when there wasn't a lot going on. Football's there, but yeah, it's not quite a- there. This carried us from early July, mid-July, all the way to the season 
while we waited that's, for the real games. That's then, a Madden, ve- then Madden would come out without both. But that's yeah. a very good point. I remember, like, yeah, there was a month there before you got Madden where it was like, this is the football yeah. game. You would immerse yourself in it. Flound. Now, your age, you're oh. younger than both of us. Okay. So, like... What do you remember about uh, this? How young you were playing a lot of this? Oh my yeah. god. This this was this was my game, man. I mean, we're talking we are talking 10 plus years into a dynasty. Oh jeez. I mean, we, who was your team you it, played with? It, oh, who do you think? I don't know. I actually found a way to win games down the stretch of a season with the Tar Heels. It's yeah. the oh, most unbelievable concept ever. They've won multiple national championships. I'm going to tell you right now. At Bren Renner one hell of a quarterback on the video game right there. <laughs> Love me some Brent Renner on the video. Clown played so many seasons. By the way, his coaching persona was Mac Brown's age. That's how many seasons into this dynasty he went. Oh, Mac, it's he, outstanding. Do you know, Mac, that before it became EA Sports College Football down the line, that I had the original game? Do you know what it was? Bill, it, it was Bill it, Walsh. It was Bill Walsh College. When I he remember went, that. When he went back to Stanford. I'm like, hey, this college football game is pretty cool. I think it was Bill Walsh when I was in college. I think it that's was. what it was. Because like I'm an old ass. It was that 1993 yes. range. <laughs> you, could, you could play with only a certain amount of teams then. but That's yeah. true. It got better and better. But it's just the diversity of offenses. The fight songs were a cool part of it, too. You scored that touchdown. You talking trash to your boy. Your fight songs blaring. The gameplay also just felt more realistic. Like in in, in towards the end of my time playing, and it, now I think it's it's a little better from when I've played Madden. Madden just it, it got so unrealistic. Like some of the like jump catches that you can make, like catch a ball between like four guys. Yeah, it's yeah. like come on, what the hell is that? It became the game that we know really in 1998 because it went from Bill Walsh years. The college football USA, and then it became NCAA football. I do remember though, although it it wasn't the Charlie Ward teams, but the if someone had Florida State back then, you were in some trouble. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah they you were, were in some big trouble. They were strong. You get those good defenses like Florida State SEC defenses, Miami flying oh. around over the field. How you do anything against those defenses? Daniel said he loved it more than Madden. So many unknown colleges and players to choose from. Yeah, it was just different, right? More yeah. team options. They play different ways. This texter says, I would constantly pick a different group of five type school and we would become a dynasty. Um, Mac, I'm wondering, though, if a lot of people like Flounder might quit their dynasty now because they've got to deal with NIL in the video game. Is there a feature <laughs> where you can do press conferences and complain about the state of the sport? <laughs> well, I'm Flounder, asking for Mac Brown. Flounder's going to head coach at UNC, then go become a tight ends coach at South Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all are killing me, man. Uh, this texture says, is NIL in the game? I think it is isn't a part of the game, right? I think it's all. Yeah, it has to be on. Yeah, yeah, I think they're embracing think, So everything. now it's going to become like a stress. Like before, you used to get stressed in the game. In the offseason, you're going to be hyperventilating trying to keep can guys you, on your roster. Will people leave their college game and then go play Madden as an assistant coach? Because they can't handle the pressure. Because the state of the game yeah. is different. This texture says it's better than Madden. It's better than 2K. It's better than any sports video game ever. I kind of think it might be. I mean, the last, I Even don't know. Even over FIFA for you? The last, like, six years, it's been FIFA for me, like, literally every weekend. Um... I think college football was just at a time when I was young. I was either in college or just getting out of college. The feelings of nostalgia. I feel like I'm going to love this game more than maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe the novelty will wear off again. But it just it feels special because it was taken away from us for so freaking long. Almost a decade. I've been so bored at times. I started reading books waiting for this game to come back. You don't want to do that. that. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I said books. (laughs) I've been reading a book since it went away. 
Uh, this is the Mac and Bone Show here on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. When we come back, longtime friend of the show, Marty Snyder, NBC Sports, previews the Daytona 500. What are we looking for this weekend, storyline-wise, on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ? 